guys, welcome to the first episode of Bride Tribe the Podcast. Let's dig into the topic of self-care, which I briefly mentioned in my intro. I know what you're all thinking. Self-care is a suggestion that's tossed around by anyone and everyone. Um, when you complain about really anything in life that may be overwhelming you in the slightest. Trust me, I've heard it so many times um, as a graduate student. From professors, supervisors, co-workers, you name it, I've heard it. Even my mom, really, who doesn't necessarily say, hey, you should indulge in some self-care, but instead says something along the lines of, I think you need a nap, you look like a mess. Which, fair point, Jenny. So what is self-care? Why is it so important to us, anyway? Well, according to the APA, self-care is technically defined as providing adequate attention to our own physical and psychological wellness. I mean, self-care can really be argued as one of the most important components of people-centered care. And as a future practicing school psychologist, and as suggested by Nara Simhan in her 2019 article, which also, as a side note, is cited within the description section of this episode, being active in your self-care has been shown to lead to benefits such as the increased ability for stress management and also other really good benefits. Inherently, self-good is good for you. It feels good. Back to my mom's example of a nap. It may not be the most effective self-care intervention out there, but it definitely feels good. Any nap doer knows this. And with continuous practice of effective self-care, you will have better brain function, handle on your emotions, and a boosted immunity, which is great in COVID-19 era. The other week, actually, I engaged in my own form of self-care, which, if you haven't listened to my intro, I had mentioned I do a lot, and it's read. It's kind of ironic for a grad student, actually, who is loaded with reading assignments to even have the time to read anything else and have that let alone be for enjoyment. But I live for being an exercise in contradictions, really. I'm a Libra, if you're into Zodiacs. Back to my point. It's okay if you didn't listen to the intro, but I do really enjoy reading for fun. My mind is constantly moving a mile a minute over deadlines and day-to-day worries, insecurities, doubts, you name it. Um, to the point, actually, where my shoulders ache from the tension of being scrunched up all day. And the skin that was on my lip that morning is actually torn to shreds by that night. So engaging in an activity that forces my mind to just stop for a minute really just does it for me. So, like I mentioned, as a, further, as a future school psychologist, I like to reflect on the National Association for School Psych's six-step lesson for proper self-care. Let's use my own personal example as I move through the lessons with you guys, um, which is reading. Is this a practical self-care option for other school psychologists or other people that engage in um, people-centered care? Step number one, recognizing that self-care is important and critical for best practice in the field. We need to give ourselves permission to feel good about ourselves. It could be argued that I acknowledge this aspect of self-care a little too much, um, but with all jokes aside... Taking the time out of my day every day to indulge in some light reading that I enjoy is really a tangible way to acknowledge my own self-care. Step two, self-care is a mindset and not a, and commitment. It's proactive, not reactive. You need to plan and set time away for self-care as a part of your routine. As NAS discusses this aspect of self-care, they primarily focus on the building of new neural pathways of thinking and behaving positively by exerting effort in the prefrontal cortex of our brains until it's shifted into the ganglia and becomes automatic. Cool, right? We can literally trick our brains into positive ways of thinking and behavior. 
As I said, my act of reading every day really has become just as much of a habit as my large black iced coffee from the Dunkin' drive-thru. Another self-care habit, maybe? We'll see. Step three, all self-care is not created equal. It has proven that self-care activities with with evidence-based practices such as mindfulness double the effectiveness of changing your brain patterns and increasing neuroplasticity. To engage in mindful practices, your goal is to be present and non-judgmental in the moment. As for my self-care of reading, it may lack in this area of self-care, but it does still release those feel-good neurotransmitters, just maybe not at the rate that I would recommend to other school psychologists. Step four, self-care and self-awareness have a reciprocal relationship that is fundamental to a self-care mindset. While self-care creates a routine to take reflective, self-aware pauses in our daily lives, awareness is necessary to understand the need to practice self-care. Awareness is essential to pivot and twirl in the harmony that is the relational interactions we bow in and out of at work in our daily lives. Awareness is the first step in practicing self-care, and I'm aware that reading may be my best self-care activity while not being others, which leads me into my next point. Step five, we're almost done, folks. Self-care doesn't have to add to your to-do list. Informal mindfulness, aka my reading, can turn everyday tasks into self-care. As long as you remain non-judgmental and focused, you can obtain the mindfulness-like effects. In your daily life or in school psychologist's lives, this could be be things like cooking, walking your dog, or if you're anything like me at all, walking your cat. Um... That one can maybe be discussed at a later date if anybody's actually interested, but on a side note as well, on a tangent, which I love to go on, um, my brother actually just bought a cat carry backpack. Like, I'm super excited for coming. Um, if his cat doesn't like it, I get it. So, sibling telepathy? Maybe. Finally, guys, we're at our last step. One size does not fit all when it comes to self-care. Telling people to read for self-care is actually ridiculous because not everybody enjoys reading like me. Um... It has to really mean something for you. Start small and build upon your habit and routine um, and get in just that better headspace in something that you enjoy. You can start small. Um, The physical and mental health benefits of self-care for school psychologists, my listeners, even strangers is worth it. So I'm so happy if you tuned in. Spread the word, guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to y'all soon. I actually want to incorporate a um, kind of questions of the week in each following episode. So I'm going to kind of try to set up an area where I can actually get you guys to comment, anything you're having questions on, or even just further topics you guys want to talk about with me. I'm pretty self-absorbed sometimes, so um, like I said, I like going on tangents of my own stories. So if I can have some input on you guys and what you guys want to listen to, that would be really great. It makes me feel bonded to the listeners, actually, too. So um, if you're still here after the little uh, bye, folks, then hallelujah. Please send some stuff in. See you guys later.